Welcome to Social Worker Wine Time. You bring the cheese. We have the wine. We're here to share with you shit they don't tell you in social work school, stories about being helpers. When it comes to medical social work, we have seen and heard it all. During our episodes, we want to share some stories, laugh about them, talk to other helping professionals about their stories, and then laugh about those too. We're going to make light of all the humorous happenings and bizarre encounters in our day-to-day life. We are also working moms and wives, and we'll probably share some of our funny parenting and marriage stories that occur in our lives as well. Our purpose is to use humor to encourage those in the helping professions and working moms and wives. Welcome back to Social Worker Wine Time. Tonight, we are going to be presenting episode 11. I'm Meredith. And I'm Christina. We're so glad you joined us for another episode. Tonight's topics are going to be a little out of the norm, but nothing out of our normal day as social workers. So if you have sensitive ears or are easily grossed out, I suggest that you skip this episode or fast forward, but it is all another day in the life of a medical social worker. So I'm sure you've got some interesting uh, recent topics on uh, what could possibly have been inserted in, uh, let's say, another area other than thy mouth. Yeah, so I think we'll probably title our episode, um, You Put What in Your Butt. Yeah, I think that's perfect. Because it kind of rhymes. Yeah. Um, but if you ever worked in the medical field as a nurse, a physician, a social worker, a tech, I'm sure you've seen all these crazy things. Uh, but I just did, I wasn't prepared for it when I started. So I feel like we're doing a service to these young social workers, right? Like we're preparing you. If you've never experienced this, you're welcome. Because now when it happens, you're going to say, oh, yeah, I've heard about this. Right. It's not so crazy because I thought it was crazy. And apparently it's quite normal. Well, I mean, you do see it on, you know, what is that, um, the TLC show, you see those and you're like, oh, that can't really happen. And then you see the fetish show or, or you see, you know, you know, if it's on the internet, it's all real, but I mean, you still have some doubts, right? Like that can't be true. They didn't put that there, but no, it really and truly happens. But I can't think of a, a, a certain situation or particular case that I worked on with that. Um, well, consider yourself very lucky because I have, unfortunately, worked on at least four, if not more than that, um, for sure. Oh, Lord. Um, so let's see. Let me go with the most recent and go backwards. How's that? I feel like timeline is important, maybe. So... The most recent one surprised me the least because I've been through the past one, so maybe we'll start there. So I was looking up patient's history and um, their last admission, not current admission, but their last admission, um, there was an op report. And I don't know why I get curious. I'm kind of a nerd. And if I have time and I'm sitting there looking up charts waiting for my coworkers to be ready to start the day, I just start reading stuff. And so um, it's in like surgical history. And it said removal of foreign body. 
from rectum. And I said, well, hell, what did they remove? Because now I got to know. So I had to go to the op report from that admission and, and, you know, see what was removed. And sure enough, it was removal of aerosol can from rectum. An aerosol can. Mm -hmm. Like, are we talking like, obviously, Airwick is not sponsoring this. <laughs> but are we talking about like an Airwick for Breeze? Once again, they're not sponsoring us. Can that I, I mean, I mean, I'm assuming that that is the case because I, I don't know what other type of air, like spray paint. Like, I'm assuming you're not going to want to spray paint in there while you're accidentally. Um, you know, but what is the, what, I mean, I'm, were they, I mean, this isn't like the, uh, you know, falling on a can of aerosol or an aerosol really can, like, like, you, this, like you, can't, you can't, you no. can't fall on this. This no. is something you, they no, physically put it in there. Five centimeters past the entrance. So it was definitely forcefully put in there. Oh, yeah. And this was a grown human. Oh, like, grown. Like 60-something-year-old grown male. Oh, by the way, we also discovered this week that it's never female. I have never had one of these cases in which it was a female. See, and I would think that, like, I mean, going by things that I've seen on TV and, you know, the things that females could possibly mm -hmm. insert. Mm-hmm. It's generally not an aerosol can. <laughs> Look, I can't, I can't even let process me back, this. Let me back up. So before we get back to you put one up your butt, I worked in a nursing home years and years and years ago. My first, well, my second real job, but I was still fresh, like two years out of school. And we had this elderly lady who was like the head of the church in that town. Like she literally was the founder of this particular religion. I mean, not the religion, but that church building of a certain denomination. I'll leave that out just because it seems like it should be left out. I don't know. But let's think of like pretty holy. Not not the holiest, but pretty close. Like second in command there. So she, um, in her dementia, had taken things to bring herself some form of pleasure. And they had to move her roommate out because it was offensive to her roommate who didn't have dementia. But I had to explain to the family why I was moving their mother, who had been, you know, had this room forever and was so happy there, and they loved the staff and the tech, you know, and right. nursing home, you get the same, you know, routine, the same people are again. And, and if they're demented, they, you want to keep them in the right. same. And so, but if you're also the problem, you have to move. Moved. You can't, like, move the person who's not causing the problem. And so they made me talk to these three daughters. In this room, and now their age range was probably like 15 years, like from the oldest to the youngest. It was probably like five and five and whatever. So, like, I had to bring them in. They made me tell them. Like, the new kid, it was like hazing. I swear to you, it was like hazing. I'm like, why couldn't one of these seasoned nurses explain this to them? So I bring them in, and I'm like, so we have to move your mom's room. Why? I don't understand what's going on. And I said, well, she's been acting out in, you know, ways that were disruptive to her roommate. So we have to put her in with this, like, really crazy demented lady who probably won't give a shit. And they're like, well, I don't understand. What was she doing? I said, well, she was, you know, doing things to make herself feel good. Like, I'm trying, right? Like, all my right. special work words. I'm like, well, what do you mean? I was like, she stuck a butter knife in her hoo-ha 
And then she used a jar of planter's peanuts. Wait. Mm -hmm. Okay, the butter knife. The handle. She was smart enough. Okay, she was smart. Okay. Yep. So now they're like, well, what you, why is mom eating with plastic utensils? Because she stuck a butter knife up her hoo-ha. And then she stuck a jar of planter's peanuts because apparently the butter knife didn't quite do it. The jar, like the whole jar. And I'm like, you can't bring mom jars with planter's peanuts anymore. Put them in a Ziploc baggie. And you should, I thought the oldest sister was going to have a freaking stroke because the religion that they were from, like touching herself is like a big no. And I was like, you know, she's just enjoying herself. Like, really? As long as she pulled the curtain. But it's a jar of peanuts. I mean, I guess I'm not going there. You know. <laughs> so literally, I thought she couldn't one. get nuts elsewhere. I guess she's she going to like yeah, she, she had some nuts, all right. <laughs> I mean, bless the poor woman. I mean, this woman was holy, like never had, you know, probably was like married a virgin, and you know the whole like nine, right? Had these kids, never. I mean, I'm not condoning extramarital affairs or divorce or anything. <laughs> She was just this perfect picture of their religious, you know, pillar of of life, right? Like, she had, the poor lady probably never had an impure thought in her entire life, right? Like, and now she is using a jar of planter peanuts to put. So she was probably like, she's probably, you know, how they say like the um, just thinking of the the patients that are demented, um, you know, it's always like the ones that were super nice or yeah, super like all the repressed, yeah, yeah. It's like the act, like, so she went through to skanky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, in her dementia, she went from through to skanky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, that's oh, so I would be mortified. mortified. So back to the non-demented guy with it. Aerosol canisters. <laughs> but, yeah, he was definitely not demented, but he was old enough to know better. So there's that. Um, not demented, but old enough to know better. And luckily, he was alert and oriented, so made it easier to have right. a conversation. Right. We didn't really have to say anything to anybody. However, the most recent time we came in, he was not alerted. So, I mean, I didn't have to mention it to anybody because I felt like it was on a need-to-know basis and he didn't need to know, but it just made that conversation weird. I mean, because I don't know what they knew and I don't, you know, I'm very open and I share everything, but some people don't. And so maybe he had never shared with his family that he Put a aerosol can up. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's, okay. that's the most recent one. So let's go backwards. So this one was less exciting because I didn't, I wasn't there for any of the conversations or whatever, but um, it was an op report on a current on a patient that we had seen, and it said, you know how when you read the op report, it says like pre op diagnosis mm-hmm. and then operative procedure mm-hmm. and then post op diagnosis. That's mm-hmm. usually what it starts out with, at least the ones that I have read. And then there's like detailed description of what happened, right? So pre op diagnosis, foreign body and rectum. Operating, operative procedure, removal of foreign body from rectum. Then post operative diagnosis, flashlight in rectum. Were they. <laughs> were they looking for something? <laughs> Apparently, I don't think they found it though. Have they found what they were looking for. I don't for? know. <laughs> but can you just imagine, like, oh my god! Like, I, 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 
demented, not demented? No, no, no never demented. Never demented. It's, it's always males who are not demented and know damn well better. They just thought this the greatest thing yeah. to show a flashlight. Okay, so now I have to ask, was it like, like I, you don't know what I happened. didn't see the flashlight. Yeah, because I came in much later to this one. I'd be curious what kind of flashlight. Right, I mean, are we talking like one of those D battery flashlights that are right that are like, yeah, you take camping or right. lanterns? <laughs> that would be awfully hard to explain. Oh, I, I tripped and I fell into a lantern and it went up my. I was camping. Um. So then, so this one isn't my story, but I've heard it from two separate people. So I've heard it from a family member who was dating and was asked if she wanted to um, partake in this. And then I've heard it from some other um, medical professionals who have been um, indoctrinated into the field of medical assisting with anuses um, because of these things. Um, but I'll, let me start with the family member thing because that's was weirder to me. So I have a family member who said, oh, I just started dating again. And I got this message on this online dating app and asked if I like gerbils. What do I say? What? And I was like, what do you mean? They asked you if you like gerbils. Look, it's just a message. He said, hey, how are you? You're beautiful. I love your pictures. I just wanted to know, do you like gerbils? Gerbils, like the animals. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so I said, well, I said, let's just say no. She's like, well, I don't mind. And I was like, no, no, no. That's not what they're asking you. They're not asking, like, if you mind if they have a pet gerbil in a cage. I'm pretty sure they're asking you if you like gerbils, like, in a romantic and sexual way. And so then, of course, we Googled, apparently that's another fetish. This is years ago before I knew all of this stuff. And so then, working in the hospital, I spoke to a medical professional who said he was, like, on his first week of, like, rotation in the ER. And, of course, they always pull, like, the resident, right, whatever. And they're like, oh, yeah, you got to get the gerbil out of this guy's ass. Gerbil. Mm-hmm. Live. Apparently, the live part is the exciting part. Wouldn't it, I mean, I think you're supposed to hold on to the tail. I'm not into this, though, so I'm not. This is why you use a hamster, because hamsters, if you recall, don't don't really have that tail. So, but you're, okay. Not that I'm going to do this. The government watch list is going to be on you. If you Google this, so guys, don't Google this at home, but just trust us that apparently this is a thing. So, okay. But, Okay. I don't think I've ever been around a gerbil per se, with the exception of the looking glass at pet store. Once again, not sponsored by gerbils nor a pet store, but my but if pet smart wants to but send if pet smart donations, wants to send us donations. We're all for it. But um, I've held a hamster, and they do have. It's not like claws, but wouldn't that like scratch the? I mean, couldn't this cause damage? Oh, I'm sure. Well, does it come out a lot? Like what? Wait, I, I, I don't understand. Have, I how does? How know. do you put? How do you get a gerbil? Oh my god! Like how do you? How? How? I, I want to Google this. No, don't do it. You'll be on like the the government watch list for. No, well you can just have to find somebody who's done it because I. <laughs> I so I am a very curious person, and if I see an off report for a foreign body removed from a rectum. I will see what it says, but I am not curious enough to know exactly why that is so enjoyed. No, I'm not that curious. 
So if any of our listeners know anything about this gerbil in person, no, no, please don't message us about gerbils. We need to know some details. No, no we do not want to know the details. Not that I want to do it. I'm just curious, like, who came up with this? Like, like who thought, I'm going to put a live animal up my ass? It was a man. And the other ones have been. I know. Well, all stupid ideas come from, I'm sorry, I guess we have male listeners, but many stupid ideas come from men. Is that oh, true? no, that's, no, it's true. Women don't sit around and go, ooh, what did you stick up your rest? Like, guys are just stupid when it comes to stuff like that. And guys know that. It's like the jock humor. It probably came up as, like, one big joke at, like, a frat party, and then it I'm became sure. this phenomenon. Yeah. Now we have to go to the library and, and look up the history of gerbils. Okay, we have to move on. We okay, yes, move on because I can't. All night trying to figure this out. I'm not going to try to figure this out. All right, I have one one more um, noteworthy one. All right, so I definitely save the best for last because this is a classic. I can't tell you how I know, but I know this story from beginning, literally beginning to end. Maybe pun intended. I'm not really sure. <laughs> So I might know people that work on multiple ends of the helping profession. Once again, end. <laughs> end of the helping profession. So I had heard a story about a 911 call that had been received um, in which a caller was kind of stumbling over his words. And basically the dispatcher said, you know, what's your emergency? How can I help you? And he said, well... I uh, uh, and he stutters, and he says, I have an anal fetish. And then he says, and I have a substantial piece of PVC pipe stuck in my, and then he kind of stutters again. And so, of course, she's like, in your rear end? He's like, yes. So the call gets transferred, long story short, right? You know, but that was obviously an uncomfortable situation. And I do feel bad for the guy because I'm sure this is not what he envisioned when he put this PVC pipe. It was not intended. Intended. <laughs> so, as luck would have it, he ends up at the hospital that I work at, being that, you know, this is literal luck. You'll, you'll hear this throughout the episodes. I've had encounters where I know people on multiple ends of the caring profession, and I encounter some of the same people that they freaking cursed me with by telling me their stories like the day before. So, of course, this patient, again, male, ends up in our facility, and he wasn't mine, but he's one of my coworkers, and he had to have surgery because this was stuck up so far that when the GI guy went to go try to pull it back out, he couldn't do it. So he did say it was substantial. So I wish that this was like a video podcast today or a video (laughs) cast or a YouTube video because I, shit you not, pun intended, the x-ray literally showed it from like right under his rib cage. This straight pipe, PVC pipe, doesn't bend all the way down. Like, we pulled up the visual of the x-ray, and it was literally, like, from right under the... He basically tore his whole ass Well, PVC pipe. So we thought, but apparently he's been doing this professionally. And so the surgeon was able to remove it without puncturing any part of his intestine. Like, he was clean. Like, it was clean removal there was no stitches needed internal like 
nothing. Like he was able to get it out. Thank the Lord for this poor person because certainly the last thing they need is some sort of like medical complication from that, right? right? So the surgeon takes it out and comes to have a conversation with the guy about his habits, you know, and, and saying how, you know, certainly there are healthier ways to take care of this situation than using a PVC pipe or an aerosol can or a gerbil or a flashlight. Um, and the guy says, oh, okay. And he's like, you know, I was able to get it out. You're very lucky. Nothing was, you know, there, you didn't have any hole in your intestine. You could have been, you know, septic. You could have died from an infection. He could have I mean, ripped up a lot of shit, literally. literally. Right. <laughs> So the guy's like, oh, thank you so much. You know, very respectful. And again, certainly not what he intended when this journey started out. So try not to judge. Then he says to the surgeon, well, where is the pipe? No. And the surgeon's like, oh, there's, you know, specimen somewhere or whatever. He's like, well, can I have it back? Because they spent a really long time filing it down and kind of making it just the right size and shape. <laughs> he asked for the thing back. He wanted it back. Wait, after having a lecture about how you cannot do this, like buy the appropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he almost ripped himself a new yeah, asshole. Literally, and almost died. And, and almost, almost died. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. says, can I have my PCP pipe, PVC pipe back? Like that. So, needless to say, I think, of course, it was his property, so I'm pretty sure they had to return it to him. Yeah, but how can, I mean, I thought because it was, like, in part of a surgery, I mean, it wasn't like he did people, the they, I mean, yeah, true, true, I mean, do people ask for their gerbils back? I mean, like, this is what I don't understand. About fecal implants 
implant. Oh, yes. And I was absolutely mortified. It's pretty mortifying the first time I ever heard one of these. Yes. So, like, for those of you who do not know what fecal implantation is, if you have a stomach, let's say a bacteria that is growing, I'm going to save you the long, drawn-out, but it's called C. diff. It stinks. If your shit, literally, literally, it is, it is the most, here's a tip for you social workers that are coming into the field, they're going into the hospital. This shit stinks. It is something you have never smelled in your life. The nurses can diagnose it just by smelling it. They don't need a culture. Yep. They don't need a lab. We, we call farts fluffies in our house and like just the smallest little poof. And you are like, this person has C. diff. It is the worst smell. It's like rotten eggs to the 10th degree. But anyhow, so if you have, and if it's uncurable, what they do is they have, if you live with somebody, whether roommate, spouse, or whomever, they can donate literally fecal matter and they will put it in a pill form and then you swallow this pill. So basically, you're digesting your roommate, spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, shit. <laughs> like, that's pretty much the easiest way to explain it. I mean, if they need a donor, like, I wonder how much they pay for these things. Well, if, here's the funniest thing. I, after I heard this, I came home, and of course, you know, I'm. we always had these conversations, you know, there's... At dinner. Because, at dinner, because, like, this is, like, the time, and this was prior to Rex being in our life and actually might have been at the table, but he didn't understand at that time because he himself was probably pooping himself. But um, anyhow, I asked the question, if I had C. diff and I needed fecal donations, would he, and he's like, when do you need it? Like, this is like the weirdest thing to me. Like, I don't know if I could digest a pill knowing that. Wait, wait, it says it's, it's done by colonoscopy. See, and I was told that they was digested, but maybe it is done it's by colonoscopy because that makes more sense. Fecal transplantation is usually performed by colonoscopy and less commonly by nasoduodenal tube. Oh, it's like an so they can tube. do it by the tubing. Okay. And I think that's how the person yeah, I was doing so it, it was having it done. So it goes down the tube. So you're not actually putting it in your mouth, swallowing it's, it, it's doing your traveling, traveling, through, traveling your, through your whole system. Oh. Anyway, I was looking for this because I wanted to know if I could get a job doing this. Do you know you could earn $13,000 a year? By Just selling by your selling poop? your own poop? Yeah. Up to $40 I mean, a donation. This is almost better than donating plasma. I got a four, I got a five, almost five-year-old and a almost 42-year-old that would probably be willing to donate some shit. Right? That looks like a topic of conversation. That's how I'll get Rex through college. Donating shit. Poop. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, this is like a money-making. Maybe we should erase this and not let our listeners know. They can yeah, maybe that they can go and do this. Well, either way, I was mm. completely mortified by mm. this whole process, and they didn't just have to do it once; they yeah. had to do it twice. Mm -hmm. And I felt so bad for this this patient because, like, she literally was suffering. Like, it just it, it's just terrible and it's embarrassing, you know. But yeah, that's oh, that's my yeah my own that's my only fecal thing I can think of. Nobody ever had to insert any kitchen utensils or 
so bathroom can air. Apparently, according to Google, but this is Dr. Google, the fecal transplant costs about $1,669, and the antibiotic that usually cures C. diff costs $3,788. So it's cheaper, cheaper to do the donation. But I get it just seems so unsanitary. Disgusting. But it, the reason they have to use the person in your home is because they have the same, like, bacteria. Like bacteria. Right, because you're exposed, you're to, the exposed same, to the same. You're exposed to the Because just like when you think about it, like when somebody goes home and they have C. diff and they've been given, you know, the regular course of medications, mm -hmm. they're told, you know, wash your clothes separately. Right. And because you don't, because it is highly contagious. Like you have to go pretty much, I don't want to say hazmat suit, but you really got to glove it up to go in there. I have to say, I was at a friend's house who got it at the hospital. And thank the Lord in heaven. I was in the house, like, helping her do the laundry, like, but I washed my hands like a maniac because I'm a germaphobe, helping her with a baby, and, like, thank God I didn't get it. Yeah. I remember when I was pregnant. Not knowing that she had it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I literally, I was so, I, I told them straight up, I was like, out of all the rooms that we have here, I'm not going into a sea bear yeah. room. Like, just the smell alone made me want to vomit, and then on top of it, just, I can't even imagine... I can so barely I have, walk down I have, the hall. I have more questions. And then okay. after you get this, this poop from someone else in your house, baby, because right. they share similar, you know, exposure to things. Now you have to poop it back out? I'm guessing. So, like, are you taking a double shit because, like, you're pooping for two? I just don't understand. Like, I get medicine and, like, all that, but that just seems just so weird to me. Yeah, it's odd. It's, it's odder than... Yeah. Mm. This is, and this is, by the way, like our dinner table conversation. Yeah, because, I mean, at that end of the, you know, yeah. there's been many conversations I have brought up at the dinner table, and I'm just like, why is this normal? <laughs> so. Oh, my goodness. So, let's see. What else, um, what other crazy topics do we have? <clears throat> I don't know that we have any more poop topics. I or, can't think of any more poop topics. But we do have some crazy topics, like the, mm -hmm. the 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 crazy things social workers have been asked to do. Remember, we did that magic wand episode. Mm -hmm. You know what we forgot in the magic wand episode? Mm -hmm. The social media social workers. Oh yes, 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 yes. I don't know if I'm sure our listeners, you are part of like your community's Facebook pages or. Next door, you know, next door or mm -hmm. those apps that, you know, you can get involved with the community so you can find out what your crazy neighbors are up to versus, you know, you sitting in your backyard drinking pina coladas by your pool or whatever you choose to do. Yeah. Um, but the <laughs> there's a lot of wannabe social workers out there or inspiring to be social workers or I don't wanna be. Yeah, wannabe. Uh, they just don't understand. They feel like maybe they think our job is easy. Well, right, because it should be so easy to find somebody a new home, new clothes, a job, mm -hmm. because they seem willing to work, and insurance, please, because that's, you know, comes in 15 seconds or less. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It, yeah, so why, why can't you just do that right now? Why can't you rehome them and, and make them happy? Yeah. Because all they need is a house and money and insurance and food and mm -hmm. clothes. And something for their dog. And something for their pet. 
yeah, why can't you just wave your magic wand and do it? Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, well, I mean, can you do it? I could do it in five seconds. Come on, I'll just, I just wiggle my nose <clears> and it happens. Yeah, it doesn't happen. For those aspiring to be a social worker out in the community, it doesn't happen like that. Just saying. <laughs> like, what was the one um, we saw recently where the guy, the lady went out of her way. Like, she yeah, literally went out of her way. You know, she even knew the guy's name. She must have sat with him for a while. You know, and it's not that we don't feel bad for these people. A lot of these people, and granted, for those of you who have not worked in the homeless or with the homeless, a lot of them choose to be homeless. And and that's, I think, the hardest part for the community to understand is a lot of people choose to be homeless. They'd rather do it that way um, versus you know, dealing with the day to day. I mean, if you think about it, not having to go to work. I mean, granted, I would have a hard time with the non-showering part, but I mean, mm-hmm. their life is probably the least stressful of everybody's. But yeah, and a lot of people have an established routine and an mm-hmm. established things that are comfortable to them mm-hmm. that might not include the way of life that we live. And as social workers, it's probably one of the first things that you learned was you know, self-determination is their choice to do what they Mm -hmm. want. And if they need some assistance kind of carrying out their plan, great. Like if they say, hey, I need health insurance, but I really am kind of fine living in my tent community in the woods because Mm -hmm. I have my friends and my neighbors and we all kind of look out for each other. Well, there's no, you don't have to change their life. But but people who don't have a social work degree tend to see, like you have to rescue them. So here's here's a post. and they happen to know the name of the homeless guy. That's how close they got to this. So today I was at the Green Plaza, and I saw the homeless guy named Bill with his dog laying on a small rug next to TJ Maxx. I have seen him many times, and as I passed him, I asked if he was okay. He told me he wasn't feeling well. The look in his face was complete defeat, because apparently they're also trained in reading people's emotions and reactions. Oh, I'm sorry, yes. affects, because, you know, you can read an affect. I mean, I can totally, I mean, I can tell if someone has got a resting bitch face, but that's That's about as much as I got, right? Yeah. I saw that his cartwheels were almost broken and he closed his dog and belongings in it. I asked him how I could help him and he said all he wanted was to be able to keep his dog comfortable. He was not wearing any shoes. I asked what size shoes he wore and he told me. Nice of him to tell us. I went to the store and purchased him. Clothes, shoes, socks, first aid kit, and a new pull cart for his dog. I also got him food and drinks from a local Italian restaurant. He was so thankful. I could see the relief on his face when he put on his shoes. He said he buys everything for... Hold on, next page. He buys everything for his dog with the donations that he receives. He said his dog has plenty of food, treats, toys, and blankets. It's heartbreaking to hear his story and know that even good people can be homeless. Tell me what makes somebody a good person. Because I'm how many years old? 15 years into this career, and I still don't know what makes a good person because yeah, it's because kind of unpredictable. It is so unpredictable. Okay, but she knows that he's a good person, just FYI. Well, I could be a good person, too, and basically Robert. Not many people know he saved his dog's life when he was thrown from a car. He loves that dog, and he loves him. The reason I am writing this is that I went to authority to buy him a bike and a bike cart to make things easier for him but they were out of men's bikes. If anyone has a bike in this particular size 
They would like to sell. Could you please message me? I just want to make a difference in someone's life. So, first of all, I could think of a couple of things this lady could buy me if I didn't have shoes. But I would prefer, you know, prefer like a nice pair of Coach. Yeah. You know, sneakers. Oh yeah. At you least, know. I mean, minimum. Maybe maybe some like. Does Michael Kors make shoes? Yes, he does. Yeah, or Tory Burch. Oh nice my gosh. Tory Burch. Yeah. yeah. You know, a little, a little I just got a really cute pair of Tory Burch flip-flops for my birthday. Oh, I'm jealous. Shout out to my friend. I don't even, I don't even own any of those. I didn't even know if Michael Kors made shoes. That's how I got myself up the Old Navy. Wait, when the box showed up at my door, I was like, I don't remember. I was like, was I drinking? <laughs> what did I buy? <laughs> you not drink any Amazon Prime. That's but, but. All right, so back to so our treat. Yeah, 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 that's a treat. But back to our yeah. fellow non-social worker, superwoman out there. Fixing someone's whole life. Fixing someone's whole life. I mean, he. I appreciate her buying him shoes. Right, the and shoes I, and the meal. And the 100%. meals, 100%. But for, you know, certain items for them, but... I don't know. It seems extreme. Does she even ask the guy if he knows how to ride a bike? Because I know a 20-something year old who I might have spent a lot of time with recently who doesn't know how to ride a bicycle or just learned this year. So like maybe he can't ride a bicycle. She's asking for a bicycle for this guy. She Wouldn't it make more sense to get like a granny bike or something versus like some fancy 24, 26-inch bike? I don't know. I mean, props to her. I, I feel that it's a good deed. You know, no good deed goes unpunished. Now the problem is this but guy you know might... what you know what kills kills it is the comments. Mm. It's always the comments, and you have to read the comments, right? It's like, hold on, let me see if I can still pull up the comments. It's always like, oh well, it should. It's ridiculous. Um, you shouldn't be doing something like that. Right. Or, or no, like why? Why nobody has helped this person? Because he's a good person. Because he's a good person. And oh, he didn't do anything wrong. Well, you don't know that. You don't know his history. You don't know if he chose to be homeless. Right. He could be an ex-con for all they know. If you had some damn internet service here, I could find it. I don't understand. So we're podcasting in person tonight, which is not usual for us. Um, but apparently Christina has no internet. I live apparently in the boonies. She really does. I turned on the street and my phone disconnected from the call that I was on. Yep. I can't talk on my cell phone in my garage. I can't talk on anything. I can't, I can barely load what I I wonder. to load. I wonder, I'm sure you sent it to me. I wonder if I have it. Hold on, let me do like the. Do you remember? Okay, like we're going to date ourselves here, so now you'll officially know when we were born. We're all. Do you remember when you used to like do the Michael Jackson and hold your phone up in the air? <laughs> we used to call the mic, like, you like put your hand up in the air. Oh. I'm just trying to find the original post to see if I can get the comments. I just, it's it's amazing, though, like, the comments people have. And it well, can that, be, like... That well, wasn't the only one. Don't you have another one? Yeah. About the other one with Facebook out here. You, you, you tell us that story while Which, I look for these comments. The, um, the one who appeared to have all of his parts. Oh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. This one is just, like, I can't with this one. 
since Meredith had me go and move things around, I have to go back. But I I actually kind of chuckled at this one, and then I probably I know I made a snarky remark about it. <laughs> um, and it still holds very true to me because this is the crap people post. I get helping people. I get being there for someone. I, I I'm by all means not judging anybody that wants to help somebody. But here is a post. I'm actually curious. I wonder if it's the same person. So this one is, does anyone know the history of the homeless man at Green Plaza? He appears to have lost part of his left leg too. I just started seeing him last week and noticed he had set up a small shelter and some bushes. He doesn't appear to be an alcoholic or a drug addict. Just wondering if there's anything in the community could do for him. So here is my question, because this is the question I had. She can tell that the man is not an alcoholic, not a drug addict. From looking at from him. looking at him. Mm-hmm. But she can't tell if he has a full fucking leg. Right. Appears to have lost his leg. But appears to have lost part of his leg. But he's definitely leg. not a drug addict. But he's not an alcoholic or a drug addict. Do you know how many people that you encounter in your day-to-day life that are drug addicts and alcoholics that you have no clue because it is a very easy to hide disease, right? Like, right. Like, there are functioning alcoholics. There are professional addicts who have a full and professional life and and are, yeah, just walking around every day They're like you and me. One of us could be that and nobody would know, right? Like, yes, does it eventually catch up with you? Absolutely. Do you, you know, eventually have consequences for your actions? Absolutely. But I just didn't know you could tell by looking at someone. Neither did I. I mean, I can only tell if you're high, maybe. I can tell moment. if you're high. I can tell if you're you're drunk, depending on your level of right. alcohol. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but there are people that function day to day. Hell, some people that listening to our show may be functioning alcoholics. Who knows? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. And once again. I am very pleased that there are people out in the community that care so much, that one but we can't make one again. His leg appear. Does he want help? Right. Like if he set up camp in a bush, like I mean. Oh, and this is the one who he said, "Why doesn't somebody find him an ALF?" Right. Right. This is yes. One yeah. of them was, "Why doesn't somebody find him an ALF?" Can't he go and find a social worker that can help him? Oh, you just walk in off the streets to some random place Mo- and find you a personal social worker. Right. I guarantee you, I don't, actually, I shouldn't say guarantee, but I am pretty darn sure that person could have gone into an emergency room, was evaluated, treated for whatever cause or reason for admission, and he was asked. Do you have a home to go home to? And he will say, I live at the corner of blank mm-hmm. and blank. Mm-hmm. And the people discharging him, do you feel safe? Do you have any issues? 
if the person wants to return to the corner of blank and blank, you have to let them. You let them. Yeah, you can't. Because first of all, most of these people don't have a lot of money that comes in. I mean, just in our episode last week, Roxanne was saying, you know, some of these people make like $700. There is no ALF that's going to take you for $700. Right. And, and if they do, they're probably a total shithole and you wouldn't want to send a cockroach to. Right. So this guy is probably better off in his tent than the woods than he would be going to one of these ALFs that, that they're suggesting that he goes to. I just, you know, I understand it takes, it takes a village, but... Leave the work to professionals. And I guess, you know, I guess the problem is we've seen the other side. So right. the ALS that these people can afford are shitholes, and they're probably better off in their tent enjoying their mm-hmm. former lifestyle if they feel safe. Like you said, as long as they say they feel safe and they have their basic needs met, like, it is what it is. And, and clearly where this person has set up shop, I mean, we know the area. So, I mean, it's a pretty nice area. Yeah. Like, it's an up-and-coming you know, there's a lot of new things popping safer up. Safer than most. Safer than a lot of corners that they could have chosen to be. So they've got to be smart. Again, you know, addict, alcoholic or not, he's smart enough to know where to set up. Right. So after much um, investigation, as good as we are as social workers, we're <laughs> only as good as our internet connection. <laughs> So we were not able to find the comments to that post that I was referring to earlier and the post that um, Christina was referring to. So uh, you can just imagine them. If you've ever read Facebook comments, I'll, we will leave it up to your imagination that they were pretty bad. Yeah. Like people started saying, oh, well, why don't they just find a social worker? Well, you don't just find a social worker on you know, in the middle of the road that says, oh, here, I'm going to help you. Or B, you don't want to be helped. It, you know, it's simple as that. But the comments just went on for hours and hours and hours. I mean, it was a pretty populated, like, post. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, at least when I when I took my screenshot, it was at least 300 comments. So you can't, you know, you can't just... And now, like, on Facebook, you can do the, um, you can do the reaction, like, you know, like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of angry, like, people were angry of the situation. Well... I hate to break it to people, like, step out of your bubble. Like, this is the thing, like, I would love, I know I've told many of people, I'm like, if you could just walk a day mm-hmm. in my shoes mm-hmm. and see what we deal with. Like, people are like, oh, well, it's social work. All you do is talk to people about their problems. No. We try to solve them. <laughs> we try to solve those problems. So here for those, those social workers that are coming into the field or just, or maybe considering it, hopefully we haven't scared you off with the anus stories. stories. Oh my God, I can't. Um, But, you know, I was told by a teacher of mine on my first, probably my first semester, I still remember, she told us actually some quite valuable information. One of them was, you're supposed to, a good social worker is supposed to work themselves out of a job. So basically, your idea is you have to do what you can to make that person successful. Mm-hmm. And self-sufficient. And, and self-sufficient. And if, need you. Exactly. And if they don't need you in a bush, in a tent, on the side of alley and alley or whatever, then you've done your job. Mm-hmm. You've done your duty. Now, 
you know, that's that's the thing. And another thing, on top of the conversation about people in the community that, you know, may or may not choose to live the lifestyle of sleeping in a tent or wherever they their case may be, most of those people do get some form of money. It's minimal, but right. some form of money. And they have P.O. boxes and whatnot. But <clears throat> here's the thing. The best thing that this teacher ever told me was, you don't want to give them money. You want to exactly what this lady did. Mm-hmm. Give them food. Set them up for success. And let them do their thing. Because that's going to be more important than spending them, giving them money. Because they may or may not use what they say they're going to use it for. So you could be feeding an addiction, giving them money. Mm-hmm. So, at any rate, there we go. We taught the the incoming social work. Yeah, we work. can add that to our our social work lesson. You should you should be such a good social worker that you work yourself out of a job. Mm-hmm. We should mm-hmm. add that to our school social work. We talked about that in episode ten. Yep. Yeah. You should be so you should be so good at your job that you work yourself out of it. I mean, I would love to work myself out of a job. I'd love to be a real housewife of wherever OC yeah the OC would be fun where the Kardashians live I don't know if they live in California somewhere somewhere I don't I could pull that off I could do California because you get nice weather during the day it could get hot but then at night it's nice nice yeah yeah just put me anywhere but like you know Canada I'm good yeah it's cold up there for me yeah I don't want to necessarily shovel snow so if if I do become the real housewife, preferably one of the two coasts. Yeah. yeah, like my only, here's my thing. I love the city, but I got to be near a beach. Mm-hmm. But if I'm a real housewife, I could have the best you, of both. You could have a weekend house at the beach and mm-hmm. a weekday house at the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could live on the shore on some weekends. This is what social workers dream about when, <laughs> when they're not working, just FYI. Because we have all the money in the world to give to our patients. <laughs> So we can't buy ourselves. Maybe that's what we need to do. We need to have a sign that says hungry social worker. I wonder how much did <laughs> they give us. I don't know. I mean, if they knew we were going to help can somebody you, else with it. Can you imagine the community post? There is a social worker on the corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all she wanted was to become a real housewife on the beach. Does anybody have any, anything they can donate her? I'm totally making a sign and standing on the corner. Okay. Well, that would be great. That'll be our next uh, social media and Instagram post. It'll be Christina sitting on the corner with her <laughs> sign that says hungry, social, hungry social worker or, no, or desperate, desperate social worker yeah. to live a fancy housewife lifestyle. Who <laughs> wants to live as a, as a desperate housewife of the beach. Well, Milton said to me the other day, he's like, you need to keep climbing the corporate ladder. And I said, why? And he goes, because I want to be a member of the boat club. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> okay. I said, remember, social worker. Yeah. Not <laughs> We're millionaire. Lucky to be a member of the functioning car club, let alone <laughs> a boat. Like I'm like, shit, did your car break down again? Now what are we gonna do next? Who's gonna go to your right? car next? Like, All of our cars broke down at once. Yes. And which one who needs it more? You, the kids, who's taking the kids somewhere? Yeah. Oh Lord. Oh, Rock, yeah. paper, scissors. Exactly. Well, these are our woes for the week. Oh, and you know what we didn't do? <gasps> we forgot Tom. He's very disappointed in our 
situation. Actually, he would have been great when we were talking about the PVC pipe. Yeah, he would have been surprised. Yeah, Tom, what do you think about a PVC pipe? That was pretty much Tafita's reaction. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. If you guys could only have seen my facial expressions. <laughs> well, as always, if you have any stories that you'd like to share, whether they're about um, fecal transplants or anuses or PVC pipes or homeless people on social media. You forgot to mention gerbils. I need to oh, know gerbils. this. <laughs> yes. yes, Christina would like some answers regarding gerbils. So I have you, quite a few questions. You have, we can keep you anonymous. <laughs> If you have any experience, no, 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 wait, 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 let's back that up. If you have ever served a client who has explained this all to you. Yeah, you can be, and and it'll be completely anonymous. If you want to make a fake face, you know, Facebook account or, or Instagram account or whatever, and, you know. Yeah, that's perfect. Send us a message. I need to know. I need to know. All right, well, we will see you next time for episode 12. Yes. Have a great one, everyone. Bye. You don't have to be a social worker or medical helping professional to enjoy this conversation. Anyone from any walk of life can tune in. Do you have a funny story about your work as a helping professional? Email us at socialworkerwinetime at gmail.com or find us on Instagram at socialworkerwinetime. The H is optional, like in our logo, because we might be drinking wine, but it's not optional in our email address and on our Instagram. Come and tell us your story. We may share your story on our next podcast. That's all for now. We're going to go dance it out like Meredith and Christina. Cheers! Cheers.